Hello, and welcome to Roundhouse Crosstalk, hosted by the California State Railroad Museum. Our lives are made of railroad stories, and we tell the stories of the railroad through the stories of people. Roundhouse Crosstalk's podcast amplifies the stories of people whose jobs, experiences, and legacies intersect with the history of the railroad. In this episode, Park Interpretive Specialist Audrey Lockteff and I sit down with George Carter, a longtime interpreter with state parks and a person with a passion for railroad music. We hope you enjoy. I'm Audrey. I'm joined today by uh, George Carter. Hello. Hi. <laughs> a few weeks ago, we met up with a gentleman named Jeff Place, who we were talking about a little bit before, and he spoke to us about railroad music, because he's worked in that field before for a while now. And we realized that there was actually a lot more to railroad music than we had previously like seen, and you are also talking to us about that, about how wide-reaching railroad music is. Um, so we wanted to reach out to you and kind of get a conversation with you going. Um, so we want to hear what your connection is to the museum and then also to the railroad music. Well, um, I've been volunteering here sort of off and on with the you know COVID thing for the last uh, couple of years. And I guess the, um, the big thing was the director, Ty Smith, and I, uh, we knew there needed to be some kind of musical connection to the railroads. So um, it was about a year and a half ago we started the Live in the Roundhouse program. And the concept was uh, the first Saturday of each month, we'd bring in a, a group of uh, amateur musicians or whoever to do about an hour and a half of railroad-related songs. So we had uh, uh, Michael Swanberg, is a local uh, musician that, that came in and did a session. I play with a little folk music group in, in Vacaville, uh, called ourselves the Depot Street Bystanders. We had a, a group, another group that got put together from Vacaville musicians. Um, Last Station West is what we named them because that's where we are, mm-hmm. right? Last Station West. And um, John Ornelas, who also uh, um, another musician from Tulare County, uh, came up and did one of the sessions. So we did that, I think, five or six times in a row with, you know, uh, playing in the Roundhouse on a Saturday afternoon. And it was, it was a really rewarding uh, session. Yeah. No, that's super fun. And it was just people who were in the museum could stop by? Or, exactly. We had yeah. maybe, you know, 20 chairs set up so you could sit and listen, or you could just sort of enjoy the music as you mm-hmm. go by. And we'd, you know, have here a group, like, on a tour and, you know, applauding in the background that's kind so of thing. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go into some of the specific songs that you sent over to me, I guess, um, the other day when you sent me that kind of outline of things you wanted to go over. Um, the first one you were talking about was Johnny Be Good. Deep down in Louisiana, close to New Orleans, way back up in the woods among the evergreens, there stood a log cabin made of earth and wood, where lived a country boy named Johnny B. Good, who never ever learned to read or write so well, but he could play a guitar just like a ring um, in a bell. C- certainly, obviously, the most widely distributed song in the history of the world, because on the Voyager 1 spacecraft that was launched back in the 70s, 
It includes, uh, you know, there's a drawing of two people and a map on how to get to Earth from wherever out you are in space. Mm -hmm. And there's some classical music and there's a recording of Johnny B. Good on that, um, on that spacecraft. So it's yeah. like if there is ever uh, a sentient alien life form that, that, that runs it, yeah, they, they, can, they can play Johnny B. Good. And the, the, what makes it a railroad, I mean, it's an early rock and roll, you know, mid-1950s rock and roll song, but it's... It's the bigger issue for, for me of why the Railroad Museum is significant. Um, um, I was an anthropology major and you know, did an undergraduate that. degree yeah. in, um, at Cal State Los Angeles. And one of my classes, uh, a great class by Professor John Olson was on culture change. Mm -hmm. And what happens in the mid 19th century, in the mid 1800s, mm -hmm. you get railroads and you get telegraph. And the, the, the cultural significance, think about it, for thousands and thousands of years of human yeah. development, nobody traveled faster than a horse could run, Yeah. right? And what's really neat is, right, a block and a half away uh, from the railroad museum is the bronze statue of the Pony Express rider. Right. And that's, that's sort of also art that relates to the pivot point in that culture. Totally. And, and... And now, you know, people can go 60 miles an hour. You know, and before maybe in a sailing ship, you might get 20 or 25. Mm -hmm. On a fast horse, maybe 20 or 25. So that changed the sense of time and timing, yeah. right? And with timing, there's a rhythm, you know, and all that stuff. So the, the, the rhythmic part, the, the music part, kind of personal railroad connection um, in um, July of 1860, the Republican convention was in Chicago, Illinois. And my great-great-uncle cast the deciding votes at the 1860 Republican what? convention for Abe Lincoln. And one of the guys I work with, worked with at uh, Hearst Castle was um, Dennis Judd. And my uncle David, great-great-uncle David, was head of the Ohio delegation to the, the Republican convention. And his great-great-uncle, Norman Judd, was the head of the Illinois delegation. So after Abe Lincoln got the uh, presidential nomination, Republican presidential nomination, my Uncle Dave and my good friend Dennis Judd's Uncle Norman mm -hmm. got on a train together, Illinois Central, and the, one of the lines runs from Chicago down southwest to Springfield, the state capital. And they traveled together to let Abe was in mm -hmm. Springfield to let him know officially that he had won the nomination. That's amazing. So, and Illinois Central comes up in um, City of New Orleans. Riding on the city of New Orleans Illinois Central Monday morning rail Fifteen cars Restless riders, three conductors, 25 sacks of mail. And very popular song back uh, 50 years ago, uh, done by Arla Guthrie and Willie Nelson did it. The song, the two versions of the song were so popular that it revived the, that line. They were, right? Huh. Uh, John Goodman wrote the song about the, the, the fading of that particular railroad line, but the song brought it back. And today, they, uh, Illinois Central still runs a, 
a, a train from Chicago to, to Louisiana. Yeah. Music is powerful. Yeah, that was the point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's amazing. And the song was written, or it was at least published in 1970. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a reference to the sons of uh, Pullman porters and the mm-hmm. sons of engineers, da 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 da. And one of the things that was going on at that very same time, late 1960s, early 1970s, was the racial integration of the Pullman Porter Car Union, right? It was it was A. Philip Randolph. Um, uh, it was it was basically one of those places where uh, a black man could get a nice, decent union, uh, you know, middle class job, mm-hmm. right? Well. The, the civil rights it, uh, movements of the 1960s kind of opened things up. And one of the fellows I worked with at Hearst Castle, Chuck Walker, yeah. he is of European ancestry, um, and he got a job as a Pullman porter, huh. car porter. And, and it, went, it went pretty well. And there were, you know, just the, but talking with him about there were little issues that would come up from time to time that really related to uh, this was... This was a, a black person's realm that he was breaking into from the other direction. Um, it, yeah. yeah. So that even those even those little little um, references that are alluded to yeah. may have some depth to them. So um, you also mentioned in the when today you mentioned it and you mentioned it earlier and it's on your resume that you taught a class about interpreting controversial topics, sort of. It was a, a class for uh, guides and interpreters. Mm-hmm in working for California State Parks, and we did it annually, um, different places, um, mm-hmm. different training centers, Mott in Monterey area, and uh, the um, Marconi Center uh, okay. on uh, Tomales Bay. And it was, um, you have to be careful, you have to um, be respectful of your visitors as, as you, uh, as those kind of subjects come up, and you, and you mm-hmm. probably generally don't want to introduce a controversial subject, but they will inevitably come up, mm-hmm. and and so when we started doing railroad songs in the roundhouse, yeah. it was um, it was okay to do, but they they needed some interpretation, totally. you know, and they're the the the. the the, the touchy set uh, issues at the dinner table or mm-hmm. uh, with people or, you know, sex, religion, politics, uh, money, yeah. resources. The Thanksgiving no-goes. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And some people are perfectly happy with those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, former Governor Jerry Brown used to mention that, yeah, those were the ones you wanted to talk about at the family dinner table because they were a very political family. You know? <laughs> uh, that's not true with everybody. You no, know, we can't all be Jerry Brown. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned that you like you had to frame your songs in the way that you would interpret them, and you brought up some specific ones um, about specific topics. So just to go down those. Yeah, the one that took the longest intro mm-hmm. in, in 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 that category was one that related to politics of the 1860s and politics, you know, the 1970s, mm-hmm. was a Joan Baez, um, California woman, right, Mexican-American woman, singing, had a big hit with, with the song, The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. Hungry, just barely 
And the song was written by Robbie Robertson, who is an indigenous, Cana indigenous Canadian, hmm. you know. Um, he got the date wrong on when uh, Richmond fell, but, you know, it's not did, part of the did Canadian. Did the wrong date stick in the final Oh, sure. Version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that goes down in <laughs> Nobody, history. Yeah, nobody <laughs> audited, audited uh, yeah. um, okay. Robbie Robertson's okay. work, so that, that was a heavy political yeah. one. Okay, yeah. And, and, and just real quickly, though, it's a a a southerner's lament about the fall of Dixie and people in the 70s were saying here's this icon of the civil rights movement Joan Baez singing this lament mm -hmm. to the confederacy um, and the group that that did last station west performed it at the live at the roundhouse and we did that introduction but and saying yeah if if you were black or if you were a union soldier you weren't necessary lamenting the fall of Dixie and quite quite the opposite so mm -hmm. there's a, a refrain at the end where they go na 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 and and I said if you want to do la 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 that's okay too you know so kind of open that up to each person's own interpretation totally. of the song and I think I think Baez did it um, more as a um, the the pain and suffering that 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 um, abides after the war is over kind of thing, mm -hmm. rather than a, it wasn't a celebration of the Confederacy. But. Yeah. Yeah. Something that interests me is specifically about um, songs that allude to the Confederacy um, in, in some ways is um, that you, you mentioned that it's political in the 1860s, in the 1970s, and, and today. You know, when you're oh, yeah. These live in the yeah, and there are issues about Confederate statuary and where it belongs. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and there's a big... There's a big difference. I think that the hinge point is, are you celebrating or are you acknowledging? If you're acknowledging, you're just recognizing history. And if, and if you move it into a prominent public place, then it looks like it's celebrating. And is that what you want to do? And um, history is revised because there's always a larger context, mm -hmm. you know? So and that will always happen. like a, a closer context, too, with individual stories and things, too, that we get, that we hear. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the family that came west on my family that came yeah. west in in the 1880s, you know, my my great grandmother was from Missouri and my great grandfather was from Kansas. You know, mm -hmm. so you had the the Confederate yeah. leaning one side and the, mm -hmm. the, the and my my great grandfather was a, a militant abolitionist and um, and as and it was his uncle David that cast the votes, okay, you know, for yeah. Abe Lincoln, and uh, and so you can. What do you do when those tensions exist? Mm -hmm. Maybe you just move to California, you know, and <laughs> after the war, um, you know, which yeah. which they did. <laughs> and I think, you know, going back to kind of how we talk about these sort of things as somebody who um, led some of those trainings, as you said earlier, um, I think one of the nice things the museum does, you talked about um, how when you put memorials in public spaces, sometimes it can feel more of a celebration um, of those individuals and their legacies. 
Um, one thing at the museum that we do is we commemorate and not celebrate, which I think is, is kind of going and down. That's, a, that's a, an important distinction. Yeah. 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 And, and Ty Smith uh, and I are kind of on the same wavelength as far as, as how and why you do that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, should we get into other controversial yeah, topics? To, <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> you know, um, there, there, and I thought uh, Jeff Places mm -hmm. uh, was talking about it in the in the in the in the previous session about he could do an entire CD of just train wreck songs. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's that there's that disaster aspect, mm -hmm. um, but there are other other songs that that point out the negative aspects mm -hmm. of, of trains, um, or if not in the negative aspect of trains, it's just that maybe not a celebratory role. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with John Prine. He died, mm -hmm. died in the COVID ap epidemic last year. Um, but he wrote a song called Paradise. When I was a child, my family would travel down to western Kentucky where my parents were born. And there's a backwards old town that's often remembered so many times that my memories are worn. And daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County down by the Green River where paradise lay. Well, I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking. Mr. Peabody's coal train has hauled it away. Then the coal company came with the world's largest shovel, and they tortured the timber and stripped all the land. Well, they dug for their coal till the land was forsaken, then they rode it all down as the progress of man. And daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County, down by the Green River, where paradise lay. Well, I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking. Mr. Peabody's coal train has hauled it away. When I die, let my ashes float down the Green River Let my soul roll on up to the Rochester Dam I'll be halfway to heaven with paradise wing Just five miles away from wherever I am And Daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County Down by the Green River where paradise lay well, I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking. Mr. Peabody's coal train has hauled it away. The train's kind of a, you know, dark element in that mm -hmm. in that particular story. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Do we, you know, it, it's, it's a, res like you were saying, it's a resource that is still being discussed, the role of, you know, mm -hmm. coal-fired energy in mm -hmm. the... In, in the country. Mm -hmm. um, That's probably one that will get more controversial too as time goes on. You know, discussion. I don't think it's going to fade. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 As long as the you know if the the planet keeps warming, you know, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. talking about coal. Mm -hmm. um, 
and it is interesting because that's like a, a darker angle to take railroads in like you know like oh well, that's kind of a looming figure but then there's also like hope like you were talking about when we were doing or freedom when we were talking about um Folsom City and I know that's a lot later but we can talk about it yeah. Folsom sure. Prison Blues I hear the train a coming it's rolling around a bend and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison and time keeps dragging on But that train keeps rolling On down to San Antonio Well, if they freed me from this prison If that railroad train was mine I bet I'd move it on a little farther down the line Far from Folsom Prison That's where I want to stay I'd let that lonesome whistle blow my blues away. Yeah. 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 Like that's like a very like a very opposite type of way to look at a you're train. Looking you know, for it's the, like a hopeful uh, thing. You're looking for the train. And we had to do Folsom Prison because it's just, yeah. you know, just up the road a few mm-hmm. miles, you know. Um, totally. Yeah. And I, I think that even goes a little bit with your um, Johnny B. Good song of, of looking at trains as like this sense of movement. Um, oh, yeah. Like in contrast to being yes. locked away at, in Folsom Prison. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where you lose that sense yeah. of movement. Restriction. Yeah, that yeah. you don't really see. Movement and rhythm, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's all there. And there, there are other songs that relate to, um, you know, like, is Johnny Cash's I Walk the Line a railroad song? Right. I, I, people say, no, it's not a railroad. There's no, no train, there's no rail mention, but there are lines mm-hmm. and there are ties that mm-hmm. bind and, you know, that kind of thing. And one of the, uh, I forget who it is, I don't think I have it with me, but um, I think um, it was Peggy Seeger, who's a folk singer, uh, related to Pete Seeger. Oh. And she was saying, I think it was her, who was talking about, yeah, you're writing a song and there's the neck of your guitar with the frets on it. And it, it looks kind of like a railroad, you know, a railroad line that yeah, sort of true. tapers in the distance, yeah. you know. It's just like that is so it's interesting. like yeah. just a you know a mental image that mm-hmm. you're you're starting to play with when you're singing a song. That's built in there. Um, and then there are the the, the cosmic issues, you know. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've heard uh, Linda Ronstadt's "Life Is Like a, a Mountain Railway." It's a it's a, a gospel song that yeah. was on her first album. Life is like- Um, an, another gospel song that was mm-hmm. like a, 
popular R&B hit 50 years ago called People Get Ready uh, by uh, Curtis Mayfield. People get ready as a train of coming. You don't need no baggage, you just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the dealers humming. Don't need no ticket, you just thank the it was a popular tune, you know, back hmm. back uh, circa 1970. Right. So, you know, uh, you have resources, religion, right. politics. In, in And I feel like at that time as well, like religion kind of can get lumped into like the Americana almost of things. And then so For is sure. the railroad. Yes. You know, those are like connected in that way as well. And then the last one was um, romance gender roles that mm-hmm. show up and... Um, there are, there are, um, I wouldn't say an infinite, there are a whole lot of um, breaking up songs yeah. that relate to the railroad because it's not like you're not leaving in a car. You're getting on a train and there's no stopping that train yeah. and we're breaking up here. We're definite. Uh, Rolling Stones did Love in Vain. totally more definite than like oh he got in his car and he drove away like you could stop someone who's walking away from you but if you're on a train you can't yeah. do anything about that and um when i did the my favorite 10 favorite railroad songs for the uh, uh, museum brochure mm-hmm. um i included at number three midnight train to georgia mm-hmm. which is probably the most beautiful romantic uh, of the railroad songs mm-hmm. <laughs> listen closely to Midnight Train to Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm going back to Georgia, and it's like, and it happened to a lot of African Americans in, um, in the 60s and 70s. It was like, well, I have family back there. Mm-hmm. We have land that's back mm-hmm. there that to relate to. And it's like, as the, the, the race, racial restrictions were easing, mm-hmm. I can go back home. You know, so that there's that there's in the background of the, of the song. So it's a romance, but it's also dealing with some other social issues. We mentioned earlier with Folsom Prison Blues, but you had another song or two about like local ties to music and oh, railroad. Yeah, again, it's not a big tie, but mm-hmm. uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, which is a group from the East Bay area, yeah. right, uh, did Lodi, mm-hmm. 
Uh, and, and the song is about... It's so funny. No, I just think it's so funny there's a song about Lodi. Uh, well, it had to do with the band playing there and getting a bad reception. If I only had a dollar for every song I sung Every time I had to play while people sat there drunk You know I'd catch the next train back to where I live Oh Lord, stuck in a low-dying Oh Lord, stuck in a low-dying You know, yeah, those... <laughs> Yes, that's There's the. What I know about this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was the artist's revenge. Huh? Oh, man. The yeah. ultimate revenge. That's pretty good. Yeah. If you had to explain to someone today why it matters that the railroad crosses paths so much with music, what would you say? Like, what is your thesis of why it matters that we hear music and we hear railroads so connected? Oh, it's it's timing and rhythm, mm -hmm. and if you have timing and Every culture on earth, you get this as an anthropology major, every <laughs> culture on earth has music. Yeah. Everybody has some form of rhythm mm -hmm. um, on the planet, right? And as the technology changes, that I, I don't know, human instinct for rhythm is expressed in a lot of different ways. And certainly one of them is in railroad songs because, you know, there's the click-clack and there's the, 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 the lonesome whistle and there's all these different... Um, sound and rhythm elements that, that, that go into a song. Thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode of Roundhouse Crosstalk. If you're interested in learning more about the railroad and music, our interview with Jeff Place is a good place to start. For more information about Roundhouse Live, where George Carter and other local bands play railroad songs live at the museum, please stay tuned to our website, Facebook, and Instagram pages.